See, that was an excellent countdown. See, now you know where to cut it. Get it together. All right. This is a special shot. You know what? Let's talk on the shot versus smiles. I believe Josh has been sliding in that and recently. So a shot and smiles. Uh, no, nope, I haven't said shot and smiles. You did accidentally put it in one of the descriptions. You put and. <laughs> you put it in the description. I'm like, is he doing this on purpose or is it an accident? I don't know. Um, shot versus smiles, shot and smiles. Smiles and shot, shot, uh, smiles for shot. Um, Team Hufflepuff, whatever you want to um, call the show. This is a special one because it's not necessarily about music. It's about the 10-part documentary series that we've all seen. Well, most sports fans have seen. Give us the brief intro so we can get this popping. Oh, yeah, because I only got like 30 minutes now. <laughs> um, you already know what it is. It's your boy Smiles. AKA the hip hop Adam Schefter. Which is very which is a very good nickname for this episode. <laughs> AKA Maybach Smiles. I like that one for this episode. AKA AKA Lake Show Smiles. AKA very, very, very excellent name for this episode. <laughs> AKA La Josh James. Very, very interesting. Selection for this episode. <laughs> and now I'm joined by my guy. They call him Shaw Miller. That's true. AKA the no shoe plug. That's facts. AKA Shot Visky. Very act very, very good name for the show. AKA Shot Forty Oh, AKA Shot Forty One. Again, that's the gold number. A.K. you already know who he is. He's the mayor of Oak Cliff. And uh, there's another Oak Cliff person that was mentioned in the doc. So that's another great name for this one. So we were missing basketball. And Jordan was still like, no, I'm going to put this documentary out in the middle of the summer when there's absolutely nothing on right now. Besides what, like Dave on FX? Yep. <laughs> like there was nothing really interesting else on. There was nothing else interesting on. So he decided to erase the memory of that horrible <laughs> NBA horse tournament. I don't know why they did that because they were all recording off of potatoes and stuff like that. It was ridiculous. So they erased our memories from that. Jordan said, "You know what? I'm gonna push up the ten part doc to like April and May." And our prayers were answered. And we got... But the thing that I'm going to say right now about the documentary, a lot of people have agreed with this. It's pretty much Michael Jordan to the max with extra footage. Oh, but first, I did, I did, we got to give props to the the creator of the documentary, my man, um, Jason Ayer. All right. He's, he was the uh, the actual director of the documentary, The Last Dance. So we gotta definitely gotta give him props. I know I heard him in an interview. He said he's actually a Celtics fan because he's from Boston. Oh, so I know he was like hurt <laughs> making this one. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, let me see. Uh, New- well, Newton, Massachusetts, to be exact. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I was like, we just got to make sure we give him, him props. He's actually the, the, the director of the documentary. So it was all his idea. He said he's been in the work for, like, three years now. Hmm. Okay. That was in- that's interesting. A little snippet right there that I did not know. Um... Well, of course, we're talking about the Chicago Bulls. So, obviously, there was one guy who was there. Um, but the other people that appeared in it were Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen, um, Chicago resident uh, Barack Obama. He was in it. Uh, yeah, that's one guy who was in it. Mm. Yeah, I'm still not over that. Um, Kobe Bean Bryant was in it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to take a pause on that because I'm just, I'm just not able to say Kobe Bryant without like, to, like, kind of like, uh, <laughs> a little bit of my voice. <laughs> so, yeah, it was very, it was, it was interesting to see a lot of like how, like, you heard the stories about Jordan. But to actually see him doing it in practice and like, <coughs> excuse me, and mic'd up during um, games and things like that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but like, what were some of your favorite parts from it before we, you know, before we dive into it? Oh, uh, let's see. One, uh, seeing how. The behind the, all the behind the scenes stuff, so the fact that they gave them full access that last year for the last half. So I thought that was awesome. I'm like, whoa, they had full access that whole that whole last year. Like that was amazing. Um, seeing how they they basically made like each episode was kind of centered out centered around like one theme. And I, uh, at first, I didn't like the the uh, way they did the whole time thing because they'd be like. 1978. Ooh, now we got to go to 1994. Oh yeah, they time jumped a lot in that documentary. So you right about that. So at first I didn't like that, but then I I I got used to it. Um, the stuff about uh Dennis Rodman. You know, Rodman's my guy. I don't mean to cut you off, but for people uh like Josh here, I understand why that would be frustrating at first because if you didn't know this stuff before. For them to just be jumping back and forth like they get like, okay, what is that? Okay, what is going on? So it makes it the story. It made the story kind of harder to follow along with me. I, me, it kind of like upset me a little bit because I already knew this stuff. I'm like, okay, I already knew about the shot, aka the thing that catapulted him in the stardom at um, UNC. Which you know, I'm a Tar Heels fan, so you know I knew that. Yeah, that's my basketball team. So. You know, Go Hills, um, the stuff about, like, when he was um, drafted in 84, you know. So all that stuff was pretty much done. It was pretty much, like, you know, just already out there. But, man, the first few minutes of it, Michael Jeffrey Jordan came out snitching. <laughs> oh my goodness. I said, Woo! Wow, did you just Takashi 6 9 this 
in the first 15 minutes? <laughs> Did you just do that? Yeah. Did you just say Artist Gilmore and them was sitting up there with a whole bunch of loose women with cocaine and uh, weed all around the table? In a in a law, I'm like, how big was this hotel room to have all these six foot and above people in there getting getting raunchy like in 1984? <laughs> he was like, I, I I walked in the room room saw them on. I was like, nigga, he told everything. I was so mad. I said, boy, that was no way to start. I'm like, I know your mama watches, so he said, oh, yeah, I would, I didn't participate in any of this. <laughs> I said, no, 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 Mama, I'm a, I'm a good Christian man. I went back to my room and prayed and used the Bible that was in the uh, dresser, <laughs> which I thought was cap. I got to laugh. I said, nah, you had to at least hug the woman that was in there or something. You had to do something. You've been drinking the finest of scotches and smoking cigars since we all re- can remember. I'm like, you've been a cigar aficionado almost every year. <laughs> But he, uh, the one thing he did talk about again, which is common knowledge, was like his gambling. But he did what he always does with it, he made light of it, like it's just you know, whatever. But I'm like, no, that your competitive streak is kind of crazy, Mike. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, that was actually one, one of the things I, I also liked about the. Um, documentary was seeing, like, actually seeing the competitiveness, 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 whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan in in the docs. So I was like, I was like, okay, this is awesome. Like, really, like, seeing it and then hearing from all the guys, like, yo, he would make up a lie in his own brain just to freaking motivate himself, <laughs> just Fight to get himself out. I was like, that's kind of like crazy. That might be like, like you might need a little help, Michael. <laughs> like, what you said? What about me? I didn't say anything. You said we talk about my mama. What? No. I, yeah. Exactly. I, hey, I didn't think, think about your mom. What? I, I'm gonna bust fifty on you for talking about my mom. But I didn't say well, anything, I didn't about, say anything your... about your mom. Where did your mom come from? <laughs> but yeah, like you tell her, hey man, nice shoes. And right then, I knew I had to score sixty on them. What? I said, "Nice shoes." <laughs> like, I know, oh yeah, like the, the one game that he said, the dude said, he, 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 uh, "Good game." Like he got mad because he said, "Good, good game." game. <laughs> How dare you? So I had to tell, I had to teach him a lesson. In what? What did you teach him? That you're crazy? Like that's what you taught him. You're a yes, that's like. Yeah, like the one, the one scene when they was actually talking about that. How they said, ten years later, they asked him if he, if the other dude actually said something. He was like, "Nah, no. he didn't." <laughs> like what? For ten years, you, you <laughs> this dude really said something, and he like, "Yeah, no, no, he didn't." That's what made it hilarious. It's like this That's dude was really saying the whole time, like, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But because Michael Jordan said he said it, <laughs> everyone believed it. Mm. But, yeah, man, that was one of the parts. I was, Yeah, like, there's one rookie, like, lit him up in a game. 
and he just went and destroyed them the next time they saw. Ironically, it was the Washington Bullets, which he would eventually be like the president of and stuff like that and eventually play for. Mm-hmm. It was it was just so weird. It was so weird. I was like, yeah, that's overly competitive. But um, one part that stands out to me personally was when I've never seen the like the I've seen the the picture and I've seen like brief clips of the Father's Day game where he was crying and holding the ball, but I have never actually heard it till this documentary, and it was it it hurt me the first time I've seen it as a kid. But it really stung a little bit more as an adult. I was like, wow. That 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 I know that devastated. I know that hurt. Yeah. Because as you know, his father James um was killed in a botched carjacking. Yeah, that was interesting also too about it. Cause I, I knew his dad died, but I didn't, I never knew. Of why? Yeah, why? Some random brother and some white guy like was carjacking and committing crimes, and, and then told him it was like shooting a rap video. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was like like I said, um, for you, it, I know it was crazy to see. Like what? For me, it was just like yeah, those were crazy times because again, this happened. Um, that happened probably like. Ugh. 93, 94, around the time I started watching basketball. So, yeah, I was like, so that's why he left? That's why he stopped playing? Okay. Um, not saying, like, I was like, oh, man, you can't get up with your daddy. But I was more just like, I can't believe. I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd probably leave, too, <laughs> if that happened. I'm not laughing. I'm just laughing. I'm like, yeah. I wouldn't want to stay around basketball knowing I'd be looking in the stands for somebody I know is not going to be there in the circumstances behind that. So, yeah. Um, hearing that, I'm like, I got goosebumps. It was, it was, it was, it was just the craziest energy. Um, of course, another part I liked, which you were about to talk about, um, and if you want to, you can expand on that. Was Rodman? <laughs> I always told you that that's a guy to look at. That's my birthday twin right there. He's also born on May thirteenth. Um. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. I just the the whole the Detroit Pistons and Rodman episodes. I love those like combined because one, seeing how tough the freaking Pistons were. And then just seeing the Robin behind the scenes, like the fact that, oh, this nigga went to like community college. He did, really wasn't trying to play basketball, but he went to community college, got on the basketball team, got enough, good enough to go to a real college, and then ended up going to the NBA. Like, yo, he really went to like basically the NBA kind of late in life. And he was talking about how everything that he was, he learned from being with the Pistons. I'm like, oh, okay. Because he was saying like, the rebounds and all that stuff, like, that wasn't him before he got to the NBA. But being with the, the Detroit Pistons, them bad boys, basically turned him into Dennis Rodman. So I was like, that was, I thought that was 
dope to see, uh, to really see. Um, also, the, the, the trade to the Spurs, I actually never knew he actually played for the Spurs, which pretty much was what turned him into the Rodman that we know of. I was like, he had never dyed his hair or anything until he got to the Spurs. And then from the Spurs to the Bulls, and we see what he did with the Bulls. And just seeing, like, because I read his book when I was younger, which I actually still own, um, Bad As I Want to uh, Be. I'm about to say, everybody read Bad As I Want to Be. It's actually a pretty good read. Yep, I'm actually yep. I can see it right now from my book book collection. But uh, yes, uh, between that and just just seeing his growth and like the time when Pippen went down and how George said they said that one game uh, where he just wasn't giving like I guess enough effort for Jordan or whatever. And how Jordan was like, I knew he was trying to say sorry by when he came to my my room because he never came to my room. Even though all he did was ask for like a cigar or whatever, he was like, he was like, I knew that was uh, a way of him saying sorry. Like he was manning up and owning up to the fact that yeah, I didn't play hard. And then from that in that moment on, he played hard the rest the rest of the year. Well, basically until Pippen came back and he was like, yo, I need a break to go party in Vegas. <laughs> Vegas, yeah. But the nigga came back and was like, yeah. Practice okay, practice and sit in ran laps around everybody. Like, what were you running laps? We, we slowed down to help you out. You sit there running laps on us. Like, when it comes to basketball, he just gets into that mentality and that mode up. So, that Robin was, wasn't new to this, he was true to this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that, that made me actually love him even more. Like, yo, this nigga is crazy, but he's that nigga. But this is the thing about Robin, like, to take it back before he got to community college. Of course, we all know he's from here. Um, he um, he grew up in not too far from um, where I grew up in South Oak Cliff, and um, he even worked at the airport where he was uh, vacuuming and sweeping up at um, DFW while he was in high school and everything like that. You know, like the one part of the book that they talked about was like the tunnels. To get into like the fair and stuff like that, so yeah, he he really true true blue from from the cliff. So to see that and for him to transition into like this superstar, always made Rodman one of my favorite players growing up. But yeah, I remember that brief uh, San Antonio stance. See, that's when they were still like at uh, what was it called the. Fiesta, the um, Alamo Dome. I'm sorry. I almost said Fiesta Dome. But yeah, this is when they had like the really dope uniforms with the little Fiesta colors in them and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I remember that for a brief time. And he was on the Spurs in the movie Eddie with Whoopi Goldberg. That's another reason I remember. <laughs> because what was it? Yeah, he said something to her. And then Whoopi Goldberg said, Robbie, you need to put your earrings back on. You look naked. <laughs> so I'll never forget that he was on the Spurs. But yeah, when what a career. I always think of, I always think about Robin in this sense. Like I hate '99 to 2000 Rodman because he was on two really good teams and just didn't want to play. Um, and those teams being uh, the Los Angeles Lakers and my. Dallas Mavericks, which sucked because young Dirk was looking at Rodman like, what are you doing? 
bad example for the young uh, power <laughs> forward. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't like to think about that. But before that, it was incredible. You get into the league. You're on a championship team. You win two. You go to another great franchise in San Antonio. That doesn't work out. But then you end up on the freaking Bulls and win three more. Yep. All while doing appearances on WCW, which Ted Turner did cut the check. A lot of people were like, what? I'm like, no, seriously. This is when the most random of people, like, I was talking to um, Andrew about it. And, yeah, he was like, yeah, Jay Leno was on there. I was like, yeah, Jay Leno. Uh, Shaq was on was um was at Bass at the Beach when uh, Ric Flair went against Hogan. Uh, David Arquette was the WCW champion. So yeah, yeah. Back then, Ted Turner and Tom Warner were really cutting the check just out of celebrity appearances. So Robin made sure he got his uh 250k <laughs> to basically body slam Diamond Dallas Page for like 30 minutes. And then go win a championship. <laughs> That's pretty much what he did. And marry Carmen Electra in uh, Las Vegas. Yep. Uh, I guess to kind of keep keep it going. Uh, how do how did you feel about um, the different players' issues that that, that have so far since the documentary aired? Um, like Horace Grant, he's come out and said some stuff. Um, Scott Scotty Pippen. Um, even though he hasn't publicly said anything, but they, they said uh, rumors are behind the scenes. Scotty Pippen um, is upset. And then Isaiah Thomas of, of the Bulls, um, he's really just kind of just tired of the whole uh, handshake, tired of the handshake stuff and the uh, Olympic stuff or whatever. So how do you feel about all that? All right. So let me break it down like this, Bob Player. Now, Horace Grant, we'll never know if he was really the source of the Jordan rules. But Horace Grant always had, like, some weird chip on his shoulder um, when he was let go from, from Chicago. He needs to just face that, be a man, and say, yeah, I hate, I wasn't a part of the second part of that. Just be a man about uh, it. You don't like, want to go to Orlando. That's what I'm saying. You want to go to Orlando, you had a good time. Yeah, you lost to Houston twice. Well, no, you lost to Houston. I'm sorry, they, they beat the Knicks the next time. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, you went over there and lost to Houston. All good. You got to, Look, at least you got to witness Shaq and Penny. That was cool, right? So, and he got paid. Thank you. You know that's always my favorite part. I don't know why you mad, because you got money. <laughs> you didn't play for free. So, I think he needs to have a coconut smile, like I always say. Um, oh, oh, hold on. I, which I also wanted to uh, ask you too, dealing with Horace Grant, because um, I just found out that he's the Bulls' representative, and so they're talking about him making comments about Michael Jordan. Could do you think that's going to affect his status as the ambassador for the Bulls? We'll find out around June, July, when everything when the NBA comes back. Find out. <laughs> Well, I'll wait. We'll wait. Well, look, we'll see y'all in a month to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, your job is pretty much to go around and talk about how great Michael is, and then now you're publicly 
talking like basically going against like yo, I can't stand him. Me and him can fight if he if if he really want to do it man to man and all that stuff. Which was a big eye roll. Um, Pip, you knew you were Rodman before this documentary, and you shouldn't have signed that contract. That no one made, the reason Tony Kukoc made more money than you is because Tony Kukoc made sure Tony Kukoc um, got his pay. Or Kukoc, or Kukoc, however you want to say Tony's name. Number seven, Big Sale. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he made sure he got his money. And he performed well for that money. That's why he got the Jays in the big check. That's your fault. Then, uh, they, who was that? His uncle or whatever do his um, dealings. That, that's what you get. So, again, I don't understand how you didn't realize you were Rod, you not, I would say Robin, but Robin before this. Like, me personally, I think I've said it to you before. I'm a big fan of Pip. I thought Pip was definitely right beside Jordan when it came to athleticism and skill because that's who Jordan practiced with. That's who he made sure that the tandem was strong with. So, again, you act like you watched this documentary and didn't realize that. I don't yeah, understand. Yeah. I don't understand his animosity. Um, when it comes to Zeke, bruh, you, you, you got two rings off of, you got two rings off of beating Jordan. We're getting to the getting past him in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, you didn't make the All Star team. You didn't make not the All Star, but the Dream Team, which is one of the greatest basketball teams ever assembled in the Olympics. I mean, people was wearing. I'm sure people were wearing Converse's <laughs> and all that stuff. Had your colorway like they had Magic and um, Birds. Shoot, Mark Aguirre had one too. I wish I was around back then. I would have supported. The only Maverick before Dirk that was really on like that. Um, he needs to let it go too because I'm like, if you look, if he forgave Magic, well, Magic forgave him. He should definitely be able to forgive Mike. So that's how I feel about those situations. That no one in this situation went home broke. Like Pip was on the verge, but he didn't go home broke. <laughs> So I don't understand that. Um, who else? Oh, Craig Hodges, I think, tried to say something, which brings me to the point that I really hate when they talked about the political things, um, the Harvey uh, Gantt situation yeah. in the documentary. I really hate they did not talk about Craig Hodges' letter to President Bush when they went to go visit after they won the championship. I hate they didn't talk about that because I'm like, okay, we don't have, we're never going to have proof that Jordan really said Republicans wear shoes too. We're never going to, like, even, you know, the meme, we're never going to get proof that he ever said that either uh, about the kids. Uh, Even though every time the kid's supposed to get free shoes in this camp, he makes sure that he makes that shot every time. But that's another story for another time. Um, They really should have talked about Craig Hodges. They should have gave him a, well, what I think is his flowers for being um, one of the politically social justice warriors of a time when that was kind of still rare, you know, because literally that blackballed him. Craig Hodges was one of the greatest three-point shooters in the league. He literally was one of the reasons they won those championships. 
because he was sh- he was shooting the lights out every night and nothing like oh yeah he was there for the three uh, championships that's nice I'm like wait a minute what this man actually did way more than that so that kind of upset me but yeah that's the one thing I didn't like about the documentary now that like you know to get not to get too far off of teammates and other things I looked at but there's a lot of people that weren't mentioned. I mean, it was crazy seeing Bill Cartwright and Bill Wennington in it. You know, the centers and things like that. Um, but my thing was really that I was like, there's a lot of holes in this story, Mike. <laughs> there's a lot of other people that were there, man, and that you, that were not mentioned, that were not honored. My main grievance was this, and I, this is one thing that I put, um, you know, I said off mic, was I hate that Jerry Krause was talked about so badly and the man's not allowed to defend himself. Yeah, that that because I didn't know he was dead until I uh, watched the documentary, and I was like, oh, damn. And they dogged him in the first, what, three episodes? Yeah, because <laughs> I, I was like, damn, I, was like, I can see why he... He's not in it, and I was like, "Oh, he's dead." Because I didn't know until uh, I heard Skip Bayless hearing some of this. Skip said the same thing. He was like, he was like "Yeah, God rest his soul. He he's not alive to defend any of this." So, well, Mike's just going off. You know what I'm saying? It basically, like I kind of was hinting to saying to you, it was kind of like one big Jordan ad. I mean, it was it was kind of weird because like during that time there was two shock drops. The Jordan five fire red and the flint 13s that are coming out at the end of the month so i'm like that's what you did you sold us two pairs of shoes and talked about yourself i'm like that's what michael jordan to the max is for there's like the ultimate mj uh michael jordan experience take i'm like but it's a whole bunch of stuff like, uh, yeah, after a while, yeah, it did become too Jordan-centric. I didn't like that his kids were, like, literally in there for 30 seconds. Um, I think you and me both said, dang, where was Juanita? <laughs> where was his wife? I mean, you didn't talk to the kids. Where, where was his ex-wife who was there through all of this? Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind an actual document that's actually more about him, more him-focused. I was like, even though it was about him, we could, I, like, I would love to get more. Like, they showed his sister in, like, one scene. <laughs> And that was like until like episode nine or ten. This is the wild. This is the wild thing. Yeah, because he has a whole bunch of brothers and sisters. And I'm like, you showed them a little bit, like little clippings of them, because Jordan was acting like he didn't want to make it about him, but it ended up being about you anyway. That was the kicker. It's like it ended up being about you anyway, because <laughs> that's how you pretty much manipulated the story. Yeah, because I was like, I'm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that's how they uh, they got him to sign off. Like, yeah, even though it's it was a guy Jason's idea, but it was like in order to get Michael to sign off, I'm gonna have to pretty much let him have his way. <laughs> yeah, then that's pretty much like when they talked about it after, like if you watch the um after shows, that's pretty much what they said. Like, yeah, anytime he said cut, we cut. Anytime he said he didn't like something, we took that out. And I'm like, wait, what? This is a story about the Chicago Bulls, not Michael Jordan. We have tons of those stories. Yeah, and then um, I heard the dude Jason so 
talking about how um, the scenes where they have Michael speaking, a lot of scenes, he would he would come in and be like, all right, y'all going to get one chance to get this. So ask what y'all going to ask, yeah, get what y'all going to get. <laughs> I'm going I'm to give them to you one time. I was like, damn. And they were saying how like one of the like one of the days that they were shooting, they uh they had they had to have him change clothes, and he was like didn't want to do all that. And they're like, yeah, they're like they're like just for the effect of what you're talking about, we can't have you in the same the same clothes or whatever because we're talking about two different things, or actually about two different things. So they're like, so he was mad he had to like change outfits or whatever. But they said other than that, they're like the dude was saying he he was funny, he was calling with everybody, but I was just like, yeah. You could tell that it was like kind of free range. You see, just even by them always showing him the uh, the iPad of everything everybody else is saying. But he said, "What? Oh, oh here, here's the iPad. Go ahead, check it out." <laughs> so you can find. Oh yeah, guess what? Like, oh, we we interviewed Shy like an hour ago. What, why don't you uh, check out what he said about an hour ago? Yeah, I'm like, I like the thing you said, like GP when they had Gary Payton in there. Somebody was not phased by Gary Payton. You can say that now because you won. <laughs> Speaking of which, a lot of people did not like Michael Jordan's speech that he inadvertently gave when it came to his competitive nature. But I totally understood it. Um, like I said, um, like um, I'm gonna quote Jack Slade and Jacques Slade in this. Um, you are not Michael Jordan, so that method may not work for you. But it's something that I, you know, that you have to resonate with, like business life. It's not. It wasn't just a sports thing. I was like, certain people want to win at all costs, and are willing to sacrifice everything. If you're not down for that cause, why are you there? That was what. That's how I took it. I was like, "Yeah, he was pushing them." Like, and they even admitted it. Steve Kerr, which a lot of people didn't know his story about how his dad died and things like that. And that's one of the reasons I like Steve Kerr because Steve Kerr, one of the most woke dudes in the NBA, that ain't pop. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I definitely knew the story about his dad. Um, teaching abroad and then being killed. I definitely remember that. Um, yeah. Like, those guys like that pretty much sat there and was like, his methods may have looked crazy, but he got what he wanted. And that was to be a champion. Not just a champion one time, but six times. And the thing that I hate that they really didn't try to touch on because they didn't really want to break basketball fans' hearts was about his brief stint in baseball, which I think, uh, yeah, I did talk to you about it off mic to explain about Jordan. If they hadn't had that strike, Jordan would have probably never came back to the game of basketball. Or he wouldn't have came back so soon, not like in 96, 95, well, 95, 45. He probably wouldn't have came back that soon. Um. But yeah, like everybody's acting like he was just so bad at baseball. I was like, no, he's getting better and better every day. Like he got moved to the White Sox. That's not they don't put bums on the White Sox, no matter who if you're Michael Jordan or Ken Griffey or whatever. 
they're not just gonna throw you on the White Sox <laughs> just because you you were good at one other sport. Like if Bo Jackson was trash at baseball, I'm sure he wouldn't have been on the Royals like he was and stuff like that. Just because oh he's Bo Jackson, he's really good at football on the Raiders. That's not how it works. So sorry, sports fans. If they hadn't had that strike in ninety four, ninety five, your boy wouldn't have came back. <laughs> so I'm glad they kind of talked about that. But another grievance I had, we're pretty much just going through grievances, guys. I'm sorry for people listening to this episode. But another thing is I hate how Jordan always waters down his stories. I'm like, bro, you was gambling a lot. I mean, once I saw the brother with the jury curl, I said, oh, man, Jordan was, like, really out there. Like, (laughs) Jordan was wilding. Like, he had, like, real shady characters around him. So... Yeah, that's the one thing. It it was he definitely made sure he was like PR ready for this. And that's why I definitely hate the first trailer where he said people will hate probably hate me after this. Nah. Nah. You didn't give us nothing to hate. We knew that you were a loud, obnoxious, rude competitor. Yeah, that's what I I was shocked at. Like people didn't know he was an asshole. Like, what? But uh, as I talked to one of my coworkers, he was like, he said, yeah, like if you was just a basketball fan, you didn't know, like really get into him like that. And you just knew like him as a player, like you, he said, I can understand how people may not know him personality wise because he was always smiling and wanting to sign, willing willing to sign. So they're like, so he said, I can understand if you don't know how he was as a player and a teammate, you're like, oh, this nigga really is an asshole. I never knew that. I was, like, the heel, oh, the heel I was like, I heard about so that. many stories about how he's an asshole. There, there you go. Because what is it? Um, well, you and me both know this story of Jordan. And you know what story I'm talking about. This, a certain rapper. I'm talking about Yeah. That story alone. Just... <laughs> that story alone. Yeah. Like, just look that story up and tell me that you didn't think that you didn't know this man wasn't a jerk. <laughs> that story, that one, that single story was definitely it. Come on, man. Yeah, but um, I was gonna say, uh, kind of speed it along because we're already past seven o'clock. Um, well, they don't know uh, we're past seven o'clock. <laughs> No, remember I told you I wanted to do that other thing that started at seven. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Make sure you cut this part out. But yeah, go ahead. Um, um, yeah. So, uh, to kind of speed it along, um, when they were saying, well, well, how do you feel about? I guess hearing about kind of go back to Horace and Sky and you know, the pressure of being teammates with somebody because it also made me think about how just the pressures of, uh. Being the second, because they were saying how Horace Grant was the number 10 draft pick. So he, he was like ACC player of the year. So that kind of might also go into the fact that why him and Michael Jordan had issues. Because it's like, hey, I was a really good player. I was like, that <laughs> nigga. And then I come here and I have to deal with playing with Michael Jordan, which also made me just think about how not, not even just. Kobe and LeBron just 
players in general, like, hey, you like that nigga when you were like high school and college or whatever, then you get to be in the shadow of someone great and you're like, oh, I'm just like a, a, another piece. Like, I, I may not even really get to showcase my my skills or whatever, which kind of made me also think of like James Harden. With the Thunder, like, yeah, he was like that number three guy, but once he was actually able to lead his own team, he was able to really cut loose and show how great he was. And then it also made me think about celebrities and rappers with, hey, yo, 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 your boss man is Jay-Z and you Memphis Bleak. <laughs> or yeah. uh, even think about like Ludacris and Two Chains. It's like, hey, yo, when he was Titty Boy and under Ludacris, like, not that many people knew how lyrical he was, unless you was me, who's a DTP fan and a Ludacris fans. You didn't really know how lyrical he was, but once he got the chance to get from underneath the, the superstar of the label and the, the head man, I was like, oh, okay. I really get to see that two chains is lyrical. So, but it, but it didn't, right. and also kind of wrap it all the way up. I, it also made me think of, like, even with podcasting, I was like, hey, this kind of can possibly relate to us. <laughs> really. I'm going to say like, it like this. Everybody was a star on their team before they had to assemble on another team. That's how it works. That's how you get recruited. That's how you get recruited. I mean, like, like I'm going to keep it as simple as possible. The person on the, the person on, who assembles the college team, you were some of the best high school players in the country, right? Mm-hmm. How do you get drafted in the NBA? You have to be one of the best players either that played overseas or that played in college. So when you get to that next level, that professional level, you have to check your ego out the door. And a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people will say, I'm a star. And I'm going to stay a star. And I'm going to be a star. And that's a lot. And that's something that a lot of people, that's a hard pill to swallow. How dare I'm not the man here. But then you have certain people that look at it and say, I'm trying to win. Yeah. That's me on the Wheaties box. That's me. <laughs> That's me in that Nike ad. But I know I don't go out there one-on-one. It's, 12, it's 11 other guys with me. It's called a team. And that's what I got to say about that. You have to understand <laughs> that it's not about you. It's about we. It's about us when it comes to that aspect. And Horace Grant could not deal. And that's why I kept, I've been saying for the last few weeks, don't be Horace Grant. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't be Horace Grant. Because that's all he had to do was check his ego at the door. That's all he had to do was chill out. And he would have had a few more rings. <laughs> because, like I said, Pippen went through it all. Pippen was playing without him. He was playing without Jordan. Yep. He rode that wave well into six championships. Now he's a household name. But, like, people laugh. 
he don't understand. He needs to chill. Because one, we already knew about the um contract situation. Two, stop acting like you didn't know you was robbing. And three, you know why we why other people be laughing. Say, man, what's the name of that future project? What's the name of that? Um it's so many of them. I can't. what's the new what's the new one? What's the new one? Oh uh, the new one is a. Uh, damn it. Uh, what's it called? Um, go to my title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, high off life. Yeah, just get high. And man, we know your wife, Larsa, is high off life, pill. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We know. We know. <laughs> That's why we laughing at you. It has nothing to do with Jordan Doc. <laughs> You laugh because your wife is high off life. <laughs> Shoot. Hendrix, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's what we laughing at. Shoot. But no, that's the thing, too. And you and me have had this conversation many times off mic. That's probably another reason we picked this unintentionally to do. We're okay with, like, being maybe like a duo like you got one role i got another one we can do that we that's why we do this show we're cool with that i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna say who's who but like again we're cool with that because we're cool with who we are we're comfortable with who we are as people to be able to work as a team yep, so, gotta gotta be able to Check egos and stuff like that for for the good of the team. Cause I think I praise you not just on not just off mic but on mic too. I said Psh, I'm a dude that don't really like talking a lot, except when I do this. So when Josh could turn it on and I can't really turn it on like that, it's cool that basically I just got to show my face. And this man gets it done. <laughs> That's the team. I'm never sitting up there talking about me, 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 me. Because it wouldn't be true for me to sit there and be like, well, I'm just doing this dolo. If it wasn't for me, this wouldn't get done. That's a lie. So, you know what I'm saying? I always say, hey, my team, I got a team, man. I got a group of people, because you can't say guys. Because it's not a guy. <laughs> One of the people is not a guy. So, got a group of people here that band together to make this possible. I can't sit up there and be like, well, if it wasn't for me, we wouldn't be here. Jordan not once in that ever said that. And that's how some people think that Jordan and think how Kobe were. And that's not how they were. They literally said that in LeBron, too. Those are not how the, a real leader knows how to lead. And that's the one thing that he was saying through that whole thing. He said, well, like, people were, like, talking about Scott Burrell. Scott Burrell is chilling because at the end of the day, he got to not, it's not because he got to play with Jordan, it's because he got to win. He knows what victory, completing the task is like. And plus he, he was just such a nice guy. Jordan was like, damn, I tried to get this nigga some math. He tried to get that edge out of him, man. But he, he was, was like, about, oh, 
Man, Mike, stop, Mike. <laughs> he was like, he, he did kind of like me. Like this nigga did nothing but smile the whole time. Like I sit there and said, "Fuck your mama, nigga, you bitch, you can't play." He was, ha, 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 Mike, yeah, man, you you a fool, Mike. Crazy boy, <laughs> Mike, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> You just had those Scott Burnell people. That's just the way the way it goes sometimes. Got your Horace Grant, you got your Scott Burnell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> That's just the way life goes. But no, nah, people didn't realize that. I'm like, Jordan straight up said he didn't win for just him. He won because he knew he had a team. He wanted his team to know what winning felt like. Yeah, he, he even he even admitted to like one of those scenes or episodes, like, hey, this is like my like leadership style. This is how I did. Could it be the, the right way or the wrong way? I don't know, but that's just how I was. That's what I'm saying. It worked for him. Yep. It worked for him. And that's the one thing, like I said, I saw Michael going to the max. So half that stuff when it came to like the final season, I'd already seen it. Um <laughs> but that's the main component that I took from it. That no path is the same. How Scotty got there, how Rodman got there, how Tony Kukoc got there, how Phil Jackson tied all of this together. And I'm glad they got to talk to my boy, Doug Collins. Because we don't think, I mean, when we think about the shot with the other shot over uh, Craig Elo from the Cleveland Cavaliers, y'all don't remember that Phil Jackson was not the coach then. <laughs> it was um, it was Doug Collins. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad he got to talk because, again, that was in Michael Jordan to the max where basically Michael Jordan looked at Doug Collins because he was chewing on gum real hard. He was nervous because it was his first game. And Jordan looked at him and said, I'm not going to let you lose your first game. And I'm like, again, a true leader leads, man. And he told the, I mean, he looked at the coach and said, you think I'm going to let you lose your first night? No, I got this. You just tell, you look, you're the gun, you're, the, you're running the plays. I'll try to execute them and make sure all the guys do it to the best of their ability. Yeah. But uh, some people just don't read it like that. Again, you have to put your ego out the door. You have to realize you're a part of a you're a part of a whole. No one man can do it alone. And no one man can that, have all that power. Yeah, another Chicago resident. If he wasn't loopy. And he wasn't signed to Adidas. I'm sure they would have had him somewhere in there. Um, <laughs> but no, it's just people have to understand that. Um, I can keep on going about leadership and things like that. But overall, a lot of people were like, eh, I didn't like the documentary. The documentary was blah, whatever, whatever. But oh, I hadn't heard you know, none of that. Everybody I talked to <laughs> loved it. Like it was ten. You know, I'm talking about some people like it was, you know, eight out of ten. Uh, 
oh man, I wish we could have got more of this. And I'm like, ah. I said, I liked it. It was um, a good five Sundays to reminisce about a time where, well, it still is for me, low key. Basketball was everything. <laughs> so just remembering that season, that 98 season, it rekindled my hatred for Carl Malone. Who turned down to be in documentary. And because he's an overall horrible person. But um, <laughs> I'll just put it like that. I'll tell you off my – well, you probably already heard all the horrible things he's actually done in real life. I mean, in his life. Yep. Yeah, he's, a, he, he's trash. I've never yeah, – like, yeah. I was glad he didn't win. Yeah, my coworker, uh, he was telling me because uh, he was talking about how I hate remember all this stuff because he's 40 years old. So he was – he was like, Josh, he's like, I remember all this stuff. So, and we, then we started talking about, because we, we based the last two weeks we've been at work, me and him have talked about the episodes uh, every Monday. So, like, he, he gave me the, run, the rundown on, on Carl Malone. Yeah. I hope, yeah, I'll say, I'll say it off mic, what I hope he didn't do. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, overall, I enjoyed it because, again, it was a good trip down memory lane. You know my only grievance outside of uh, Jerry Cross being slandered and not being able to defend himself. It wasn't a lot of Phil Jackson. Yeah. Especially when he's the the one who gave it the title, The Last Dance. The Last Dance. And I'm like, well, where is Phil at? But he probably – but when he's now retired, and for those – I'm going to give a few book suggestions. One, uh, I may actually have to pick up Jordan Rules because I've heard about the book for years, but I don't actually have it and I've never read it. But I'm definitely going to read it. So you guys want to read it too? You know what I'm saying? Cool. Well, you know, let us let us know. Uh, we'll discuss it. Um, Phil Jackson's two books. One of them I have. The other one I've read, which was the last season. Um, and basically, I know why he probably won the documentary because literally the first chapter of the book is Phil Jackson talking about how literally he would go from Los Angeles to Montana to basically be to get tranquility and the fish and all that stuff like that. So yeah, he's yeah. You he never know. He probably, he probably gonna give him a time. I'm like, hey, we only gonna shoot one day. So whatever questions y'all got, probably gave him less than that. He probably said, y'all got. 30 minutes. Sir, it's a 10-part documentary. Well, I guess I'm at like three-minute intervals in that mug because I ain't talking for more than half an hour. Um, <laughs> like, y'all, y'all, y'all interrupting my tranquility. Like, nah, get get the fuck up off my land. Exactly. I said, y'all messing up my retirement. I'm done. I ain't talked about basketball in about eight, nine years. <laughs> so I understood that. But then I was like, dang, but this kind of sucks. You don't get to hear from the Zen master himself. Uh, that's the only part that I really didn't like about it, that we didn't, that Jerry Krause was being slandered and they can't say anything to defend himself. I did like that we finally got to talk about uh, Jordan's bodyguards, especially Gus, because it reminded me, I'm not saying that I got bodyguards like Jordan, but it does remind me of the people that you really, see at these arenas that work really, really hard. Like, shout-out to Mr. Dave and Mr. Johnny at the AAC. Um, we'll always make sure I'm good at the games. 
but you never really think about those guys. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You never really think about them. And I was like, the people that work in those arenas, that that do their job to the utmost efficiency, you don't get to talk. Yeah, you don't hear about those guys. And those guys are probably more in tune with those players or more in tune with that building than you are as a fan. So it was good to see them get their respect. But I didn't know they both passed because I've seen those guys in the background of those uh, documentaries and things forever. I didn't know they were both not with us. Speaking of which, again, as I said at the beginning of this one, I'm glad that they dedicated some time to Kobe Dean. Um, what was that, episode five? I can't remember. I was like, it, it, I, I know it was, it, was, it was nice to see. Yeah, I think it was episode five. And when they talked about that 98 All-Star game, man. Yeah, he was like, he's like, he ain't about to, that kid ain't about to sit there and um, dunk on me. <laughs> I remember that game at Madison Square Garden like it was yesterday, man. Because I think I talked to you about that before. Like, I used to love when they had the home and the away jerseys. Like, they didn't have to play in All-Star jerseys. They had to play in their own jerseys. So, I thought that was always pretty, that was always cool. I wish they would bring that back. Me too, but... Just to see that, um, yeah, it, it was. It still hurts that he's um, gone, because he's definitely, like I said, you knew before he passed that I talked about Kobe and the Mamba mentality like almost every day, like in relation to the podcast. <laughs> like I would always talk about how he executed things with efficiency, and how he always strived for excellence. So, yeah, that's out. Yeah, that's that's a low blow to a lot of us. Watched him, but I just talked from my own personal experience that yeah, he's definitely somebody I looked up to in terms of like professionalism and you know, just a work ethic. Period. But it was yeah, but it was just good hearing his voice and seeing him amaze people the way he did and how Jordan. Jordan saw what we saw Al at the same time. That this little Afro, this little Afro kid from Philadelphia via Italy was something else. It was an incredible talent. So, and it, it really like tied back to um, Kobe's service at Staples, where Jordan pretty much was like that's like my little brother. Like people were so. It was so wrapped up in saying, "Oh, Kobe think he Jordan. He trying to he copying his moves." Little did they know that Kobe kept Jordan up every night, <laughs> asking him how to do that stuff, asking him how to do the fadeaways, the layups, and things like that. And that's something I think I tell you all the time off mic. Nobody ever knows what's going on behind the scenes. They just think they know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they just think they know what's going on, but every single time the story look, the story in your head is always far worse than the story of what's really going on. <laughs> that monster you've made up in your mind definitely probably isn't a monster, man. So yeah. But um anything else before we wrap this up? Um nope, just Making my uh, announcement. 
Oh, oh yeah, the the best part of the uh the best part of this whole ten part uh, documentary was that I finally realized that I wasn't lying about it ever about when it came to two players, but he has admitted it's about one player. So the other guy's in the documentary, so he can see that too. Go ahead, man. Oh well, basically. Which is why I wanted to record anyways. The documentary overall basically just made me realize Mike's a better player than LeBron. Now, hold it before you start. Yeah, my smile already curled up. So, yeah, I'm glad you stopped me. Because it's not that much. It's just more the beast, the animal that I was able to see just from the documentary. Just like how he was just... A beast just off rip. That was it. Just made me think. Like LeBron had that from the get go. This nigga could have could have literally have six, seven rings out of like the nine rings, maybe even eight rings out of the nine rings or whatever. Like he could have, I would say six to eight rings out of the nine times he's he's been if he would have that mentality. That I feel like he he has it now, but he don't fully do it all the time like he he should. But I was like, if he would have had like that that dog mentality or whatever from the get go, like Mike, he he would have more rings. But the document just basically just showed me like, damn, just by a little bit, he's be- Michael Jordan is better than LeBron. I still think, of course, LeBron's still my favorite. I still think that LeBron's a better person overall. Uh, me too. Uh, me too. He's, He's a, he's a he's a better teammate to to his 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 teammates uh, overall. Yeah, I, I, I love yeah. the fact. I, I like that too, buddy, buddy. But yeah, he is a better teammate in that time. He's too buddy, buddy for me though. Yeah, I was like, and plus that, uh, I fact, I love the fact that he he's all about the NBA and everybody just all winning and bigging up everybody. I I do wish he would be kind of kind of like like yeah, you know. After games or whatever, or during the offseason, y'all gonna be cool. But I, I, I feel like if he was a little bit more like, hey, I'm gonna talk shit to y'all. I was like, well, at least I've never heard anything about LeBron talking shit during a, during a game. But like, yo, it's like saying like, yo, when it's time on the court, like we ain't buddy, buddy, we ain't friends. Like, I don't want to see LeBron smiling at D Wade and Carmelo Anthony doing a game or whatever. It was like, when it's time to play, like, nigga, you are, you are not my best friend. You are not. Uh, or like CP, you are you, you aren't my child's God, godfather. You are my enemy <laughs> doing this game. So as soon as the it gets zero 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 zero, all right, we can smile and laugh and all, all that. But like I said, overall, it just made me realize just, uh, just a little bit. Yeah, I just finally realized that banana boat crew stuff is a bunch of crap. I'm glad. <laughs> it really is because I'm like, bruh, I understand like. Like I had to tell you, and I know you and my, you and Andrew were excited when I finally acknowledged that LeBron was one of the greatest of all time. But that was the only thing I always hated. I was like, dude, it didn't take until my team, the Dallas Mavericks, beat LeBron in the Miami Heat that he finally realized, maybe I need to have an edge. I mean, but I'm like, dude, you didn't realize that in 2007 when you got beat by the Spurs? Like, <laughs> Yep. It took it took four years later to realize, man, maybe I need to stop 
coming to the finals and losing. Because, yeah, because it made me that, – that's another thing, because it made me think about how if that was Mike his first year, like, uh, and losing, like, the first, like, okay, Mike was like, okay, I lost my first one. I'm not going to do it again. Like, I can see Mike being like, I want y'all to make it to the finals again next year because I'm going I'm to get my team to the finals and we're going to fucking demolish you the next year. So listen. Uh-huh. If Mike, if Mike was on that 2007 uh, Cavaliers team, Booby Gibson would have a championship right about now. We just gonna go ahead and put it like that. <laughs> Jordan wouldn't have walked out of there against swept. Yeah, I was like, yeah, they, yeah. Also, they like even if they lost, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a sweep. I can see Mike like, nah, we gonna have to go seven games. Y'all gonna have to beat us in seven games <laughs> or six, like he used to do it. Yeah, wrap them up in six. So. uh but no, that's the th- that's the thing about it. Like, I look. I told you I'm late on the Jordan train too, but it's not by like this long. It's it's more or less like a few years now. I'm starting to go back to past when I saw him in '96 to '98 and like 2001 to 2003. I'm going past that. I'm like, dang, okay. Because of course I know, like I said. Earlier in this, I know the pod, I know the no, I can say podcast history. I know the Tar Heels history. I know that because I'm a fan of the overall history of that team. Um, so, so yeah, I understood that part. But that whole '84 to about '93, nah. First three feet and his rookie. Stuff with the 69 points against Boston and stuff like that. Nah. Nah. So, yeah, I'm starting to go back on that. And I'm like, okay. Cause I told you I thought the greatest of all time was because that's who I saw was Kobe. So, I was like, yeah, I heard Jordan was dope, but I ain't seen Jordan, but like an old, like literally three championships and some weird time where he was hanging out with Kwame Brown and Rip Hamilton. Other than that, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember much about Jordan. I mean, he got really dope shoes and Space Jam. That was Jordan to me. This baseball player that I heard was really good at basketball. That was cool. That did this really interesting movie where a weirdo did like the best song in the world. So we found out he was a weirdo, uh, <laughs> and. He had really good commercials and sneakers. That was it. I didn't know much more about Jordan, but then after this, the going that's why I said the going back for me was good. I'm like, oh, okay. That's why this is he is the way he is, and so on. So yeah. But yeah, that was basically it. That's all I really wanted to talk about because I'm thinking I'm about to head to sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> So that was our interpretation of The Last Dance. Uh, We learned a lot of things about ourselves. And uh, Josh had a revelation. (laughs) So that that was good because literally I've talked about Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Um, I think I went all the way back a few times and put Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain in there too. Of like the people that I've always thought were better than LeBron, <laughs> so it's good that he admitted one of them actually probably is. So mission, com- yeah, mission accomplished, Mike. You did something positive. 
for a black male for once. <laughs> for once. For once. <laughs> I know this is a change, change of pace for you. But, yeah, like I said, as always, at the end of every show, no matter if it's... I don't know. I don't know if there was ever a recording of me saying this at the end of Music Impulses. I think they just went off. Uh, follow us on Uncool Urban Podcast. Um, the Uncool Urban. JW Smiles on everything. Um, that's Josh, aka Smiles. Um, me, you can follow No Shoe Plug for the sneaker page. When everything is finished, yes, the sneakers will be back in studio. For all to see. Um, follow me, Shaw Miller. Shout out to my um, last post. Y'all really like art. I appreciate that. Because I rarely post on my personal page. So that was odd to see. <laughs> the numbers was odd to see on that post. I didn't have to twerk or do nothing crazy. Look at that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, like I said, Follow the Facebook pages because if we're not posting memes or something, we're posting very informative information, especially about local things, especially if you follow the Uncle Urban. Yeah, I'll post a meme, but nine to ten, there will probably be something else from a local situation, like a, whether it's like a mat, like childcare somewhere, free meal, you never know. So, yeah. Like I said, thank you for supporting. Uh, shy versus smiles. Uh, shot and smiles. Smiles and shot. Shot. Um, smiles versus shot. Whatever you want to call it. And uh, we're done. And we up. There you go. But yeah, my man, that's pretty good. <laughs>